episodic Filipino Wrestling Podcast. This is the Smart Gilas Pilipinas Podcast. Stunning Stancy at your service to my right, ravishing Ro Moran. Not sure if Rowdy Raf Camus is coming in <laughs> or barging in, I should say. Hey, Rowdy Raf Camus, kundi you cannot say anything about Daniel Bryan next week. Yeah. Because <laughs> this, this is, is it. Yeah, this is it. Like this is hashtag like, thank you Daniel Bryan this week. Is, oh yeah yeah yeah. This is like an uh, speak now forever hold your peace. But you know we have so many things and so many feelings about Daniel Bryan. We'll get to that later on. We'll also be talking to the current PWR champion Ralph Imabayashi. We'll get his thoughts on first winning uh, the t- the title. We haven't had him on since he actually won the title from classical Brian Leo late uh, late in December. And then we'll talk about live and talk about his rematch against CBL for Vendetta on February 20. So all of that's coming up. But first, the biggest news aside from Daniel Bryan's retirement is the 90-day suspension of one Titus O'Neil. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is weird. Ah. Uh, in case you've been hiding under a rock or in case you didn't know, uh, Titus O'Neil got suspended after he held Vince McMahon or touched Vince McMahon in a playful but physical way. Now, uh, I- I've seen the video. And this video, parang it, it's like nagagaguhan lang sila, you know. Mm. Um, you know how, let's say, you're you're with bros and you get physical with your bros, de There's some playful poking, punching, what have you. I guess the problem is apparently hindi po yung maging bros si Vince McMahon, or at least not within uh, you know the camera's line of sight. I don't know. It's it's weird. Eh? Well, there's that photo. Of- yeah, yeah, I, I get it. I get it now. Okay, maybe you shouldn't have shown this on camera. Yeah. Since you know, but at this point, at, th- at that moment in time, we weren't really honoring kayfabe. Yeah. I mean, like it was a moment that everyone was just putting everything aside, putting whatever was on screen aside for Daniel Bryan. Like everyone is being real. You had Jericho yeah. in a social outcast shirt, Kevin Owens in a New Day Run DMC shirt. Oh, so parang parang. If I if it were me, it would it would have been so easily in it. I I wonder I wonder at which point Vince McMahon uh, stopped for a second and thought, hey, that wasn't cool. Yeah, and uh, maybe I should go suspend Titus. You, you know, there are two ways of looking at the raw video. Because eh? when I first saw it, ang unang pumasok sa isip ko, puta nagawa ba sila? Kasi parang nagtutulakan sila. Nagtutulakan eh. nga sila. And then there there are some people that looked at the the raw video and felt like no, they were just horsing around. Yeah. Which makes the 90-day suspension even more alarming kasi like what the fuck? Number 1, what the fuck? Number 2, this is going to take Titus out of WrestleMania. Mm. Right? And um uh, before MDJ pointed this out in the Smart Henry chat, uh, it didn't really dawn on me na Titus is 39. Mm. So when you think about it, it's not like he has a long career ahead of him because mm-hmm. he's no spring chicken. Yeah. So um, I, I guess one of the first questions is, what does this do to his push? Does it effectively kill his push? I don't know. Um, I'd like to think that it didn't really go anywhere. He was just winning for the sake of winning. Now, okay, we keep this guy winning because he does so much outside the ring. And maybe that's it. And he lost that night as well. Yeah, to, uh, to, the to, social to Adam Rose, and it's something that you don't really make much out of because the first place, in the first place, his winning streak was something he didn't really make much out of anyway. But what if they they weren't so that they could eventually do so? I mean, like before the suspension, they probably had I don't this, know. It, it, that's hard. That's hard to say because Raw is pretty much directionless for most of the people there. Yeah, so it's really hard to say. All right. Second, I think he. I think they viewed him with that suspension as someone who was quite expendable. 
it's weird though that they look at him as someone expendable given that he does so much charity and PR work. Like, uh, uh, na- especially now, now John Cena is on the injured list. Titus O'Neil is probably the the one guy who does so much uh, CSR for them. I mean, I hang on to I mean, that's it. That's pretty much it. But uh, okay, you do a lot of CSR work. That's nice. It's nice to put us on the radar through you. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's something uh, they're gonna really reward him uh, for, you know? There are a couple other points I want to bring up, one of which is Batista, who's actually a good friend of Titus O'Neil, mm-hmm. hit him up on, uh, you know, by calling him up and told him to ask for his release. Is this something fair? Like, um, if you were Titus, would you ask for your release right now, given everything that happened? I think I would. Uh, I think, again, he put himself in that position. Uh, he can do whatever he wants. He made himself visible outside WWE. Yeah. Even though it's not super mainstream like Batista himself or John Cena or The Rock. Or Daniel Bryan. Or any of those guys. Uh, you know, he doesn't have a Tide commercial to his name. Uh, I think he could get by at least being some sort of a motivational speaker. Yeah, never. And given maybe, that maybe WWE that's why, yeah, maybe shot. that's why, I don't know, maybe that's why Batista was able to easily recommend asking for a release because he knew that uh, he would have at least a name to hold on to. And I think he would make good money on on the indies. Yeah, but he has that WWE pedigree now. Plus, he's a big dude. Mm-hmm. But compared to a lot of the guys uh, on the indies, Titus would still stand out. Mm-hmm. So he could still do well for himself. Now, the next point I want to bring up is, um, I think we can both agree that 90 days is too much. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right? 60 days even is too much. Even, I would even say 30 days is way too much. Like, I, I, I think in a perfect world, if he had to be punished, I would have had him uh, just, just bury him for a week or two. No, not even. I, if, if, if you really had to punish someone for something like that, not even burying is the answer. Cause it's, it's just too counterproductive. I would just give him a fine. Uh huh. Okay, give him, you know, uh, just have him pay money. That's it. And then, if it, if you know, if it really had to be a, a lesson to teach the boys, yeah, I would just give him a higher fine. To teach the boys, now you can't horse around in public because we're trying to maintain this this corporate atmosphere. Yeah, which doesn't make sense at that moment. Yeah. Because hey, it was a moment of, of bonding, of being human. Mm. Right? We were celebrating the career and the legacy of this man who just retired. Um, now, I don't want to overthink this, but it has to be said. The, the timing of uh, Titus' suspension is kind of suspect given it's Black History Month. Uh, I, I wouldn't go so far uh, that, you know, I wouldn't go so far as some people to insinuate that uh, Vince is being racist or anything. It's just. I think we, I think we all just have to be aware, and it might end up looking really wrong in the eyes of many people, especially the people who are quick to jump to conclusions. And at the very least, you should take that in mind. If you are someone in Vince's position uh, who is free to do something like that to his employee, yeah, but, um, it's not racist, but you have to consider that it might look racist. And I think that's where they failed in punishing Titus at all for this. Uh, no matter how long, well, of course, the longer it is, uh, the worse it looks. Yeah. But no matter how long, it doesn't look good. 
Now, you mentioned something to me off, uh, off the air. Now, there are conspiracy theories that this whole incident is just a cover for, 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 for uh, a wellness suspension. Wait, me? That, that wasn't me. Wait. Um, oh, okay, I read that this somewhere. I, I read this somewhere. Now, it, it's a cover for uh, a, a possible wellness suspension but for Titus. But it's not just PR. Yeah, because of all the good shit he's done for, for PR. But like, how can you make no, this role I don't, I don't think so. father? I don't, I don't think so. Because the story uh, reveals him sending a message to, uh, sending a text to WWE, or who I think it was Vince. Yeah. Apologizing for what he did. Okay. So it's not like yeah. there, there is no deeper deeper issue. If he hand. were if he were I know if he were suspended for a wellness policy violation, and he said that. Uh huh. Well, uh, so there um, we have. Well, you know, uh, we, we are what uh, two months away from WrestleMania, and the roster is already thin as is. Well, yeah, kind of thin because of all the injuries. And then you have Titus O'Neil who's suspended, mm-hmm. so that takes away from you know from all the but names I, you can put on that, the card. That wasn't a big hit though. It's not better. It's 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 a name you could have had on the card. Is what I'm trying to get at. I guess. No, would you say that if he were to come out again and you know for another Stardust match? No way. It's it wasn't a hit. Let's be honest. It was not a big. It's, this isn't a big deal. Cause say, if all that, the only thing big about this is he's missing missing out on a WrestleMania paycheck. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. But on in in the bigger picture, it doesn't really affect. You know the 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 grand plans, but in the bigger picture, so yeah, uh, let, let's let's take the cafe pla- uh, plans aside. Uh, in the bigger picture, is this is this something that should concern, say, someone who works for WWE? Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, it means that uh, things are way too stuck up. Like you got to know your place. Mm. It's it's li- it's literally shut your mouth and know your damn role. Oh. That's what it is. But, uh, okay, I get it. Then uh, it ha- it's a big company. Yeah, you should be professional. Uh-huh. But at the same time, parang it's hard to get behind it. You know, it's just hard to accept. Nah, this is what happens uh, in a moment of humanity. Right. And it's kind of I know it's kind of uh, morale lowering. Uh-huh. If I were one of the boys backstage, if I don't, okay, apparently we can't be too much of ourselves. Yeah. So you know, um, I I don't want to ask this to be to be a troll or whatever, but now it makes me question the circumstances behind that that meme photo of Vince and r Truth just laughing. Mm. But that that photo of them in some army base, parang so you can't have a moment like that with your boss. That, that's, you can. I that's guess. the message it sends to me. You, I don't know. Uh, there wasn't anything wrong with the laughing. That's laughing. Yeah. But, you know, it didn't involve, you know, grabbing anything your physical. ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, 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 will never, I will never claim to understand what goes on in Vince McMahon's head. Mm-hmm. So I guess that will remain a mystery, you know, uh, for the rest of us until the end of time. All right. Uh, let's talk about the big elephant in the room, and that is Daniel Bryan and his retirement. Um, you obviously can't see this, but I'm wearing my Yes Movement shirt and a plaid shirt over it. So it's very Brian. Mm. Uh, I actually premeditated today's outfit. And um, throughout the week, there's just been a whole lot of emotion uh, from everybody who's been following Daniel Bryan, whether during his indie run until his WWE run or simply 
throughout his WWE run. And I guess all of this emotion is a testament to how deeply he connected and resonated with the WWE universe. I'm not going to be as emotional as, say, uh, Kamos if he were here. Um, that guy has a lot of feelings. But I will admit that I was waiting at, up until the very last minute. Then promonia. Because we all thought yeah, that there I, was no, no, a, a I slight knew, chance. I knew, I already knew going in that this is real. Yeah. Uh, it's legit. It's it was a, not a Mark Henry moment. It was a decision that he consciously uh, made by himself. I already knew that all of those things um, due to sources. Yeah. Right. But uh, I'm glad you mentioned the Mark Henry moment because up until the very end, I was wishing it was a Mark Henry moment. Uh-huh. I was waiting for you know for that uh, one moment, at least that one line that proved uh, that that revealed that everything was a work. And you're not but, the only uh, one. And even if I knew that it was gonna be heartbreaking or you know annoying, if yeah. it were the case, right, right. I, I wanted it to happen, and I, I can't blame you because we loved seeing him work. Mm. There was something so magnetic about Daniel Bryan being in the ring and commanding the audience and just watching him uh, be the embodiment of what we want to happen in our lives. Uh, that, that right there, like I said, when you watch him work, it's that is real electricity, and you don't see that. Re- you don't see it very often. You don't. You you can only see it in you know, in a in a rock maybe, uh, Cena sometimes, uh, someone like Eddie. Yeah. That 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 is electricity. That the real electric sports entertainment style. Yeah, like I'll be honest with you. Um, since I started watching wrestling regularly, um, that, that was what some some twelve years ago. I don't remember the last time I've seen anyone just be so universally loved mm. as a as a full time active wrestler. So Rock and Stone Cold don't count in in you know, uh, mid two thousands. Rock and Stone Cold do not count. I've I've never seen someone just. Have so much, uh, so so much support and, and love from the people. Now you know that that makes Daniel Bryan such an outlier. And um, you know, given that the, the the WWE has always been so capitalistic, and they um, they know how to milk anything and anyone dry. So from from the evil cynical perspective, I think it was within reason that some of us were thinking, why couldn't they have just gotten one last WrestleMania match out of him? You put it. I mean, if 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 we're talking about this year, you already see what it, it it's kind of like the edge thing, only a, a couple of notches safer. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He wasn't gonna die if he took another bump, but it just it might have just made things worse. And it's like he said, he want he has so many other goals in life uh, that he you know would actually like to be as one hundred percent as he can be. For all that Yeah Like When you look at the story Of Daniel Bryan um, You know As a, as a wrestler As a human being Napaka Cinderella story niya, Right Sure like, like this is the guy Who was so unremarkable And then uh, He Just claws And fights his way To the top Along the way He marries one of the hottest girls In the company And you know um, Suddenly just becomes The guy that everybody Wants to be And Deep inside, like um, if you read his book or if you listen to interviews or podcasts about Brian Danielson, he's not the type to aspire for you know f- to be the top guy. Mm, just wants to wrestle. Yeah, he, um, but uh, isn't um, th- th- there's this one story about him taking that that test, that ambition test, mm-hmm. and he scored on the lowest percentile. <laughs> 
So, you know, it, it says a lot about him and how ironic it was na it was other people that ultimately pushed him to the top. So now, now that uh, Daniel Bryan's retired, um, one of the questions that we all have to ask is, is he going to the Hall of Fame? Yes, and then follow-up question, is he going to the Hall of Fame this year? I, I would be okay if he didn't go this year. That's fine. Totally fine. It's, uh, although I don't think they've finalized the entire class, uh, and then that means there's a chance that he might still get in, uh, I would be okay with waiting at least one year, maybe a couple of years down the line, for him to be first ballot, to be, to be headlining a, a class on his own. I would actually argue otherwise. Like, if I were WWE, I would take advantage of the love right now. Mm. While everything's fresh, fucking induct him. Make him the, he- the headliner. Fuck Sting. <laughs> I'm sorry, but, you know, um, as, a, as a current fan and as someone who didn't grow up during the Sting era, I really could not care less about Sting. So, make Daniel Bryan the headliner. You, know, you can give Sting, like, second place or some shit. I don't care. And um, give it to him because everybody would just pop the fuck out for it. They would pop for this shit. And he deserves it. Oh, yeah, I, we've, we've I, debated I get, this before. I get where you're coming from. I get where you're coming from. I just, uh, I just, I guess I just don't want to seem. I just want. I just don't want it to seem like too much of a sellout move, uh-huh. even though it makes sense. You're, you're right. It does make sense. Uh, I can wait to say it. it's just. It's just a Hall of Fame. It's just something that is nominal to say the least. Uh, I know because he's going to get in one way or another, one year or another. So it's okay. I can wait. Um, it's, he's not going anywhere. He's not, not in consideration, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, whether or not he gets inducted this year, I'm starting to think more and more of Daniel Bryan as the Eddie Guerrero of this generation. Mm-hmm. Like, um, with you know, how much people love him, how great he was, and how, um, at the end, the run on top was cut short. And it's sad, nah, you know. Like Daniel Bryan has pretty much become the Eddie of this generation. But of course, he made it out alive. That's yeah. the thing. Uh, he can, unlike Eddie, he can look f- back fondly and at least, at least be with us. Yeah. You know. Now we know his legacy, and uh, we've said this uh, in different means, uh, and and in different ways, and that his legacy is the fact that he paved the way for indie guys or for guys who didn't fit the cookie-cutter mold of the WWE to eventually make it to the WWE. Mm. Guys like Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. Yes, he indirectly changed the WWE and, and its landscape. Yeah. I mean, guys like Seth Rollins would not be at the top if it weren't for Daniel Bryan. Right. So, you know, even though he's, what, he is, he's 34 years old, he mm. has to retire, that's a legacy that will outlast him. Mm. And um, speaking of legacy, uh, we got news this morning that the Wrestling Observer Newsletter is now renaming its Best Technical Wrestler Award after Brian Danielson. So it's now going to be the Brian Danielson Award. And I think, I think it's a good nod from, uh, from WON. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, just, I just hope that at this point they, they'll have to start renaming all their other awards to wrestlers. No, I think it would be nice. Like, I, I think there's something uh, nice if, about... If Ray were to retire, would they rename the High Flyer Award to the Ray Mysterio Award? Yeah, why not? Why not? Uh, kind of like how uh, Andre Iguodala won the Bill Russell Award. <laughs> I'm totally fine with that. Like, I think that should have happened sooner. The Bill Russell, uh, you know, Bill Russell being named uh, as the, um, the, the guy behind the finals MVP award. Mm. So, yeah, I, I'm actually cool with this. Now, since uh, Daniel Bryan retired... 
everybody who's been a wrestling fan at, at, at some point posted about it. Mm. Right? So wives and girlfriends everywhere who aren't wrestling fans are kind of wondering, like, what the hell is going on? Who is this Daniel Bryan? <laughs> Uh, I I know for a fact that there are some wives and girlfriends out there who legitimately did not go on, uh, did not know what was going on. So, that being said, it led to some people googling Daniel Bryan, and then <laughs> there are some people who googled him and eventually went, "Oh yeah, 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 that guy. I like that guy. Fuck, now I'm sad." So for the rest of us who've been following Daniel Bryan for the last uh, half decade, Tirong kinalamo by the way, na naganon. I like that guy, so now I'm sad. To Have be honest been... with you, wala, no, oh, no, wala. nobody from my feed. Okay, but I wouldn't be surprised if if this happened because you see this in other sports. No, I don't think so. I don't, this isn't like John Cena or Randy Orton. But aren't I, I guess the point I'm trying to make is. There are people who claim to have loved Daniel Bryan even when he was still known as Bryan Danielson. Mm-hmm. And then there are those who just love him as Daniel Bryan. So, dun palang you have a little, bit of a, a little bit of a rift between the so called hardcore fans who loved him since his, since his indie days, who, you know, ostracized, ah, tangan up, WWE lang kayo, naglatch on kay Bryan Danielson, eh, chuchu You know, you have that bullshit. So, the question is, how do you reconcile, say, your dislike for you know for for sports elitism because there are people who are elitists in sports. I'm one of these people. First of all, you have to admit that you latched on to Daniel Bryan in the WWE. Yeah, because I I never saw his ROH stuff when he was in ROH, mm. right? So I no, you know what? I got back into wrestling because of Daniel Bryan because of the SummerSlam angle in 2010. That's how I got okay. back. Right. So I uh, before that I had no idea about his indie pedigree. Mm. You know what? Um, at the same time, I also come from a perspective. Now, I'm a sports elitist. I I witnessed the Celtics' worst years in the mid 2000s, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed their success when KG, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen teamed up. Mm-hmm. So anybody who uh, suddenly claims to be a Golden State Warriors fan after the rise of Steph Curry, I look down on them with shame. Only because you're a dick. And you don't realize that it's okay, actually, to be a new fan of something. Especially when that something does something great that makes you admire that. And that happens a lot. Like, I like the Golden State Warriors because I like Steph Curry and what he does, right? And uh, I guess what people like me, you know, with regard to to the Warriors, have to do with fandoms like and appreciations like this is to... Chill just a bit, you know. Uh, let's not go overboard and say, as Camo said off the air, let's not pretend that we were down since day one. Yeah, it's okay to pay homage, to pay respect, to pay reverence to something that you like, uh, you know, for the first time. Yeah, like for example, uh, I have come around late to like say One Direction. I'm not gonna say I was down since day one uh-huh. or Justin Bieber. Right? Yeah. Uh, I wasn't, I'm not going to say that. I've been a Justin Bieber fan since Baby or since one time. I haven't been down since day one, but I've been there since Never Let You Go. Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that, okay, that's how you avoid the, the wrath of sports elitists. I guess the, uh, the, the rule of thumb for someone like a new fan mm. is to, to know your place and to not... Not just, to not overstay your welcome. Not just know your place. If you really like something, if you like something, that's fine. If you like something in the moment, that's fine. 
But if you find that you really like something, it would also do well for you to educate yourself. Yeah. Uh, do your actual homework and then get back to us when you find out everything. Because like, for, for something like wrestling, it's not possible for you to know everything. Yeah. It's not possible for you to come in into this fandom and know everything. There's just too much to know. It's like uh, being a comics fan or an NBA fan. It's just there's just too much history to know. But it's also on you. It's the the onus is on you as the someone who is falling in love with these things for the first time in your life, maybe to actually go back and then find the best things that happened in history and educate yourself. You know what? I think the best way to frame this, at least from a personal standpoint, is uh, to look at my fandom with New Japan. Oh. Because I'm a new fan. Yeah. Like, I only started watching New Japan Wrestle Kingdom 9. Mm. So I'm slowly so I, educating yeah. myself mm. with what goes on. And then I, I, I think I just found out a couple weeks ago now, it's easy to follow. Because mm. New Japan doesn't have a weekly show. Right. So just watch the pay-per-views and you're basically good to go. Hey, uh, you also don't stick to stuff that people always talk about. I mean, you know, don't stick to the special occasions. You have to get into it uh, regularly. You know, uh, there is the past, but there's also the present. There's also the future. So you have to keep track of all those things if you actually want to be known as a fan. Right. Because it's like, it's like, you know, you're only a fan of the Golden State Warriors during the... NBA Finals Not or, even the whole playoffs Or right? during the winning streak Yeah the, In 24 game winning streak no, the, right? the winning streak Is a nice place to jump in You know It's 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 anyway, it's attention grabbing So Oh These guys are On a winning streak apparently And the longest winning streak In the NBA And And that interests me So I will You know I will I will Look them up And then If I like them I will look, uh, you know, I will do my research. And I'll keep watching, yeah. Yeah, and I'll keep watching even when they lose. But for the people who said, na up, what's the na after they yeah, lost yeah, the yeah. Bucks? These are the people that make sports elitists angry. Yeah. Because you're not there for the, for the dark times. It's the same reason, uh, you know, you, you claim to say be a Daniel Bryan fan. And the moment he got injured, Daniel who? Right? <laughs> like, like, you totally forgot about the guy. Or it's like people who are, you know, uh, which is most people in the, in, in the Philippines, actually, who... People who claim to be boxing fans when they only really watch Manny Pacquiao fights. Yeah. So, you know, um, and then every time there's a Pacquiao fight, like everybody suddenly turns into uh, a sports analyst. Mm. At the very least, I can analyze boxing because it's a combat sport, uh-huh. right? And we, I, I spent, I spend way too much time watching combat. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, this discussion came about just because. Um, Every time something huge happens, especially concerning the fate or the career or the life of a huge figure in a sport, mm-hmm. in this case wrestling, um, dito naglalabasan yung, you know, you know, the sides bashing each other. Like, you know, you have the sports elitists going up against who they call the bandwagoners or the new fans or the converts. Um, like I said, I haven't really seen anyone who just came out as a new fan and be like, oh yeah, Daniel Bryan, that's my man, that's my boy. He's my favorite wrestler. And you go, who is his top foil? And he goes like, I don't know. That's not even fair to ask though. Because that, that can be so many people. You can easily say it's Triple H. Yeah. You can easily say it's Samoa Joe. Or no, not Samoa Joe, but uh, what's his name? Takeshi Morishima. Uh, you can easily say even CM Punk. Right, you, there are so many things, and that's not a fair question to ask. But all the same, you, the I think what you're looking for there is uh, the ability to debate 
who the answer might be. Yeah. Because uh, if, even if you say it's, it's Triple H, mm. as long as you can back it up by citing, say, the year-long feud that they had mm. between The Authority and Daniel Bryan, right? Or you, you can point at... Michael Cole. Yeah, Michael Cole. <laughs> or, or The Miz. Oh. Well, uh, you, you can point to those old storylines and y- you turn what should be like a point of tension or a point of animosity into, say, a bonding point. Because yeah. at the end of the day, I think what, what I enjoy about talking wrestling with people either online or in person is the fact that there is a community. I mean, I'm going to judge you if you're wrong. I mean, if I feel you're wrong. But all the same, if you can back it up, then fine. Cool. Yeah, I guess. Um, you know, it, it, it's all about making sure that you're not as mema. Mm. Because at the end of the day, that's what's bound to piss people off. But just to take the discussion back into new fans, because mm. c- you can't make new fans, yeah. right? Like how we Lucha were all, Underground. We were all new fans of something at know? some point. Yeah. Right? So we, we can't I mean, take it upon ourselves to always laugh the new fans out of the building. Yeah, we, like, can, te- we can test them, yes. But it's counterproductive to actually, you know, uh, to actually be cliquish about this. Like, I love Lucha Underground. Uh, Ro follows it religiously as well. And mm-hmm. we're trying to get people to latch on. And mm-hmm. it, it's not like I judge people for getting on the bandwagon late. Mm-hmm. It's more of, uh, you just haven't given it a shot yet, mm-hmm. so here you go. You're welcome, right? Um, so how do you differentiate a convert from a bandwagoner? I think that's yeah, like we, one we last already, follow-up no, question, we, which we, we, we got into. We already, you already answered that, Kanina. It's a, a bandwagoner is someone who rides the wave, you know, when it's hot. Yeah. A convert will do everything in their power to know more about it and to immerse themselves in it. Yeah. I think that's, that, that's basically it. Um, I, in the case of Daniel Bryan, I'll try my best to not be an elitist. <laughs> like, you know, uh, if ever I see anyone who goes, parang, oh, yeah, you know, he was the shit when he won the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, that's like fine. That. Yeah. Um, you, you can't even be elitist Because if, if people point to Brian As the reason why They enjoy wrestling Or you know During his time As an active uh, talent Then you can't give him shit for that Because you, you were in the same boat Back in 2010 Yeah um, fun, uh, th- Thanks for mentioning 2010 Because uh, when, when I started getting back into wrestling in 2010 Daniel Bryan was, uh, was an unknown to me mm-hmm. I had no idea who he was No idea what he did uh, No idea about his body of work And um, I, I started to see him grow as a character From 2010 all the way until WrestleMania 30 mm-hmm. right? So in my head In the five years I'd seen him Peak Brian was somewhere between 2013 and 2014, and we had this conversation before off the air. And you corrected me when you said, nah, "No, no, peak Brian Danielson was in, uh, was late in his Ring of Honor run in 2008, 2009, mm-hmm. right?" So, how do you justify that? Like uh, to somebody who hasn't seen Brian's body of work in the Indies, how do you justify peak Brian Danielson within 08, 09? It was the time when I. It was really well. It, it was actually kind of earlier than that. It was a time where he was starting to get serious looks as a main eventer. Is this during his feud with Nigel McGuinness? Yes. Wait, let me look at that. Let me check the dates again because I, I have a fuzzy memory of the years. Um, if if it helps, there's actually a Reddit discussion thread mm-hmm. uh, that compiled all of his uh, top independent matches. So you have. Daniel Bryan matches from New Japan, uh, Ring of Honor, 
and a bunch of other promotions that I can't rattle off because I don't remember them. And mostly because I haven't seen his indie stuff yet. So I'm actually going to try, I'm, I'm going to start this project now every weekend. I'm going to try to watch at least one Daniel Bryan independent match. So, you know, it's something to keep me going uh, now that the reality of his retirement has basically sunk in. Sorry, uh, Peak Bryan was really uh, around 2006, 2007. That's before he, uh, you know, that was the time before he, uh, no. that, was, that was his main championship run before he was signed to WWE. And, and uh, he got signed in 2009, about yeah. Late, yeah, late 2009. Sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. Two, two, 2006 to 2008. There. 2009, sure. Yeah. And uh, by the way, it should be noted that it was Big Johnny who signed him. Big Johnny, who is now part of the Danielson, Cena, Bella family tree. Yeah. <laughs> this is funny. This is, this is too funny. Because of all these guys, the only one who's active on the roster is Brie Bella. Like, of, of, of everyone who is uh, part of this... This this family tree So, you know Just something to keep in mind I guess uh, If you want to make jokes About it with your friends I, I, I guess right now The only thing We can say That hasn't been said Either by us Or by other people or on, on No, no here's, here's one thing I have to say uh, Part of the reason Why we don't have Brian anymore Is because We feel This bloodlust You know We want our wrestlers To take the biggest the biggest spots, the biggest bumps, the the craziest moments, in order for us to to jump out of our seats, I guess. But in the end, when you really think about stuff like that, it doesn't really take a lot. It doesn't take a lot to make us pop and make us fall in love. Uh, I just wish we would stop encouraging dangerous and risky behavior in the ring. That's part of the reason why. And... Uh, I have to admit this that even though I like Brian, even though I love Brian, he was stupid enough to continue doing what he did uh, the way he did it. And you know this. We've been talking about this at you know at at certain points, at some points last year. How do we fix Daniel Bryan? How do we fix him once he gets back from injury? Yeah. And he just never fixed himself. And now look what he's done. Now look what's happened to him. You know and what? That's the case. It's, yeah, it's finish your point. It's his fault and it's also our fault because whenever we cheer the crazy stuff the crazier stuff we encourage that not just not just with one person but with anyone uh, skilled enough and crazy enough to try that to try those things in the ring and it doesn't always have to be like that wrestling doesn't always have to be like that maybe you can uh, see it in special moments in special occasions but it doesn't always have to be like that. And we don't always have to cheer the craziest thing. And it's something that's happening here in, in, in the local scene. Uh, the crowds will uh, generally react more to something that, that looks realer. And in turn, that, those things might be more dangerous, even though some, some, is, some are safe and some are actually stiff. But the more we encourage that, the more we encourage uh, the wrestlers to take more risks just for the, the crazy pop. You know, just to add to that, I think uh, one of the things that Daniel Bryan's retirement, uh, one of the impacts it, it, it will make is also, I hope 
it forces wrestling companies to look at uh, to look at the way that the talent hurt themselves or the things that the talents put themselves through. Mm. Diba? Um, it's, it's been a long-standing issue that wrestling companies treat wrestlers or talents as independent contractors. Yeah. Whether it's WWE, Evolve, Ring of Honor, New Japan, or whatever the hell promotion you think of, it's always been that way. Every, no, everyone is at fault there. From the wrestlers to the fans to the system. Yeah, yeah. The um, whole system is at fault. And we have to take his retirement and use it as... A magnifying glass to check the way we've been interacting with the business and the way the business interacts with itself. I hate to bring this up, but I I, I have to uh, to make a point. In 2007, when Chris Benoit died, yeah, it it really put a huge magnifying glass on the concussion oh, issue. Yeah, and that's why nine years later, we're very serious about concussions. But it didn't do enough, you know. Uh, that's why I wanted you to watch Concussion, the movie. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if, if it's ever opening here, but uh, it pr- the, the whole thing was pretty much the documentation of the struggle just to get CTE, uh, chronic... Uh, oh, wait, sorry. You'll get there. Sorry. I, I forgot what the C stands for. Chronic Traumatic en- Encephalopathy. And that. Ah, fine. CTE, the concussion syndrome. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, the movie was about how long it took for CTE to be public, mm-hmm. to go public, and how sports like football is actually pretty dangerous for the human brain. I'm surprised though that and, and if you know if we had those breakthroughs way before Benoit did what he did, we probably could have stopped it somehow or stopped Benoit from inflicting further damage to himself. Even though um, it's selfish to see careers like this end so soon. But at the end of the day, if you're saving a life, whether it's the person's life or the person around them, the people around them, isn't it better? I don't, it, wouldn't it be better for everyone? My question now is, why, why did it take for the advancement of CTE study for people to realize football is dangerous to your brain? You have to go watch the movie, you say. No, no, no. I, I mean, um, take the movie aside. No. And take everything in. in no, no. The, the movie does a better job at explaining the whole, the, the, every circumstance than I could in, on this podcast. No, it's not that. It's, it's, it's not that I'm debating you. It's more of I'm just openly wondering why. Um, yeah, man, I'm telling you, the movie answers. I'm not debating you either. I'm just telling you, the movie answers it better than I can. I, I don't know. I mean, like, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out now if I. No. But if I get tackled, no, no, no. it's probably dangerous to my body. No, you 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 think that now because you know everything that's happened now. You know, you know what all the incidents have produced. You know the info that it produced. You, you know that because of Benoit, you know that these things aren't safe. Yeah. But the movie was documenting a, a period of time when this was not public knowledge. Okay. That's why I have to tell you to watch the movie. Uh huh. Because it really is a different time. And back then, we didn't even know this stuff uh, as it pertains to wrestling. We didn't even know how bad concussions, uh, you know, how bad uh, the, the sport was that it would uh, be dangerous to our mental health. 
No, I, I get what you're trying to say. Um, but I think you're missing the point of what I'm trying to say, which is um, the basic principle now. If you get slammed, no, 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 no. Probably I, hurts. I know, I know what you're trying to say. I'm saying, I'm telling you that we did not know the specifics before. We, yes, it's dangerous. Yes, it hurts. But we didn't know how bad it hurt or how damaging it could be to us. We just knew that it was damaging. But um, had we not shed any light on this, we would just say, oh, you got a concussion, rest up, and then go back to the ring. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm trying to tell you, that these specifics were not known before. And th- I-, I think this is what ultimately um, could be Daniel Bryan's legacy. Like, more than the connection with the fans, yeah, yeah, more yeah. than all the championships, it's to lead this to lead this crusade. Yeah. Like Daniel Bryan doesn't have to be the figurehead, but I think his case has to be um one of the big highlights in 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 this crusade against um protecting the people who get involved in in wrestling, in football, in other combat sports where um your brain can take a beating on a regular basis and it could fuck you up for life. Yeah, that's what I said in my uh in my piece this week uh, where I eulogized Bryan's career in that if he takes up this fight, this will be the most important thing he will be remembered for. I say it's the most important uh, advancement we can make in sports, not but just in wrestling, in, in sports. Because say sports is almost always, or you know, largely a physical thing. Uh, it involves physical contact. Two follow-up questions on that. One, is Daniel Bryan the type of person who can do this even though he is the right person to? And second, is the wrestling business ready for a fight like this? One, if he is... If he means what he says and that he wants to help people, then he will do it. He should do it. Because uh, he, he already kind of got a head start in Sports Center, in a Sports Center interview. Yeah. When he said that we all should have a responsibility in... In making sure we're all right, yeah. Uh, if he continues with that, then there's no problem with number one. Number two, uh, I think it is, even though it might not be as ready as we want it to be. I say the fact that Vince was able to stop Brian from wrestling ever again kind of shows that okay, maybe. Uh, Maybe we could, or maybe they could commit into this fight, as long as well. Even if they get into it for the sake of good PR, nah, they're just doing it to protect their public image. Yeah, that's that's fine. At least, at least you have one reason to help save a life. That's that's okay. Um, it doesn't matter what the reasons are anymore, as long as it actually. It actually translate it, it actually translates into something better for the wrestlers. All right, so um, I guess the only thing that we can ponder on right now is what's next. Yeah. What, what is next for Daniel Bryan? Because that's something neither you nor I really know the answer to, or could even you know openly muse uh, about, other than maybe him being the 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 face of this of this new battle. Honestly. Uh, it's not about what's next for Brian for me. I, I'm really more interested in what's next for wrestling after all this. Because uh, Brian's case opened a whole new can of worms. Eh? Well, it, that can of worms is already open thanks to Benoit. Yeah. But it just opens up a whole new one all over again. And isn't that supposed to be a good thing at the end of the day? Well, if it, if it helps, parang, if it actually changes things, uh, then yes, it's a good thing. But yeah. if it doesn't, then it will be all for nothing. 
which you know, sad to say, has uh, has been has been the case with a lot of uh, you know a lot of problems or w- with a lot of issues that have been brought to light. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, I'm not sure if we should wait for the champ to come in and 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 talk to him, but I uh, I, I kind of want to close out the Daniel Bryan talk by at least talking about our favorite Daniel Bryan moments mm-hmm. and our favorite Daniel Bryan matches. Um, so um, in lieu of the pick of the week, let's pick. Our favorite Daniel Bryan match So I'll start With my favorite Daniel Bryan match Uh, It's actually the Cena Bryan match From SummerSlam 2013 Just because of all the uncertainty surrounding it Um, um, I think I remember uh, Having conversations with you About uh, Them just throwing Bryan the bone Mm -hmm. In the form of this match And not really giving him the win it was another Lol Cena wins moment no, in, in I, my head. I didn't think it was a Lol Cena wins moment when I heard it. But um, I, well, I was afraid that he might win. But uh, all the same, I thought he meaning was, Cena. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I was afraid Cena might win, but I did think that it was Brian's time. I didn't. I, 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 was I very also scared. I also remember that no, I, I remember that Cena was injured. He was ah, injured. Yeah, yeah. He had that elbow injury. Yeah, yeah. He had that nasty elbow injury. Uh, tama, tama, tama. So I knew he was gonna win. But at the same time, it's Cena. You, you never know. Yeah, you never know. So, yeah, I, I was scared. Um, and I, I was marking out, I was watching that match live on some stream, uh, like I still do right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was on the edge of my seat. My dad was in the next room. And he could hear me just, you know, marking out legitimately. And after Brian won, uh, I wasn't tearing up like I did when Sami Zayn won. Uh, but at the same time, it was like, holy fuck, this is actually happening. That was the, uh, the Triple H heel turn happened And then the cash in And I found myself just cussing and cussing and cussing <laughs> So uh, the fact that it was able to draw such real emotion for me Plus um, that it kick-started Daniel Bryan's entire arc Leading up to WrestleMania 30 I think um, that's what makes that match of Daniel Bryan my favorite But in terms of moments, WrestleMania 30, no doubt Mine would have to be the, the one-on-one match versus Triple H at WrestleMania 30 Uh I think it was. I thought it was such a great match, and you can tell that they were all. They were kind of calling most of the whole thing in the ring, but they were. These were two such consummate professionals. Nah, it. Everything was so smooth. Everything was so was so flowy, and not forced. You can tell some matches because I know when when they're even when they're called in the ring. Yeah, or even if they're called. Spot for spot, it's just there's just no one. There's just little chemistry, or not as not as much chemistry as one would like. But they, Brian and Triple H, had so much chemistry, and of course, Champre, there was the element of not knowing whether uh, Brian was actually going to win because it was very well possible that Triple H mm. could advance to the yeah. main event and win the title. Yeah, he wasn't full authority mode yet. Yeah, and. Uh, it's always the matches where you would think that he doesn't have a chance. The, the, those matches create the most drama, the most urgency. So, yeah, that's my, that's my pick of the week. Uh, it's my pick of the career. <laughs> one last uh, question on Daniel Bryan, then we can probably close the book on this one, um, you know, and, and cry afterward. Um, was WrestleMania 30 with all the da- with all the Daniel Bryan moments and the arc culmin- culminating there? Was that the best WrestleMania of the modern era? I would say so. Yeah, uh, it was. M- it felt more complete to me than 31. 
31 was a smart out moment. Uh-huh. Uh, but 30 was a mark out moment. I, I guess if we were all watching it, well, you guys watched it in, in a bar. Yeah. But if I were there with you, I assume I would have joined uh, much more in your celebration and your reactions than, I, than we did at 31. 31, so, we celebrated because it was ingenious. Yeah. And, you know, napaka-nega natin. Yeah. Will we ever see a Daniel Bryan? Probably not. And but, Another Daniel Bryan? Yeah, we, of course we can. But, but you know... It'll it, take a while. No, no, no. Um, here's the thing. We, we can see another Daniel Bryan, but it doesn't have to be necessarily Daniel Bryan. Because his name is Sami Zayn. <laughs> right. Right. And it is an injustice to him if we just pigeonhole him as the next Daniel Bryan. Because even though he is similar in mold to Daniel Bryan... He is his own man, and we all know that. Yeah, and let's just let him be him. Um, we won't ever know if he's gonna ascend like Brian did, but I would say he has the best chance. All right. Um, we haven't really gotten into this week's raw, and at this point, I kind of don't want to. Like you know, um, parang okay well, na. Eh. Brian was this week's raw, despite everything that happened, right? yeah. Like despite. Three hours of programming. We, we spent nearly an hour talking about Brian, which happened in the last 15 minutes of the show, and Titus O'Neil, which took up like six seconds of the, of, of the WWE Network special. You know, wouldn't you know it, just as we are wrapping up the conversation about Daniel Bryan, who should walk in but PWR champion Ralph Imabayashi, our interview them, set to happen really shortly. We're joined this week by the reigning Philippine Wrestling Revolution champion, the Filipino-Japanese sensation, Ralph Imabayashi. Champ, welcome to the podcast, or welcome back, I should say. Uh, what's up, Mr. C? What's up, uh, Ro? What's up, man? All right. Um, you know what? Uh, we're still kind of down, obviously, because of the Daniel Bryant news. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure if, you, uh, if you're a huge Bryant fan yourself. Uh, how, how do you feel about the retirement? Well, I am a huge Daniel Bryant fan, and uh, I feel very sad about the retirement. But... Uh, you know, you know, he told everyone that he was going to retire, that he's never going to wrestle again. So I guess that's a sign that I should move on. For the past two years, I've been watching wrestling for the sole purpose of waiting for Daniel Bryan. To come and out. now, yeah, <laughs> and now that's never going to happen. But you know, uh, I guess uh, that's the sign that uh, wagnako umasa. Yeah, but you know what? A lot of PWR fans see a little bit of Daniel Bryan in you, <laughs> just because you're an underdog yourself, and not just any underdog. You're an underdog who overcame the odds and went straight to the top of the Philippine wrestling scene. So, how did that feel when you hit your Sonic Crusher out of nowhere and pinned classical Brian Leo for the one, two, three? Uh, you see what I did after I pinned him? I, I was shocked. Uh-huh. Even I myself was shocked that I was I, I won. You know. Um, the the only intention intention I had going into that match was to bring down the Royal Flush. I wasn't you know I wasn't expecting that that I was gonna beat them. I was just gonna take a piece of them with me. Uh-huh. But uh, you know uh, it feels great. It feels great. You know. So in a way, you weren't really you know it wasn't really your ambition to end up winning the championship. Yep. Well, that night at least. Yeah, at least that night. At least. And look at you now, 19 years old, the youngest PWR wow. champion. Hell, and the third PWR champion. And I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're the youngest guy on the roster right yes, now. Yes, yes, I am. Right? So, you know, Currently. Uh, it's, it's such an accomplishment, something that you can be very proud of. Uh, how is it like being hoisted up on the shoulders of Redrick Mahaba and Mark D. Manal and all these guys as everybody just 
shared in that moment with you? Well, it felt great because it was an an unexpected win, and you know, I guess it was you know, it was just you know, in that moment they they you know the you know the someone finally defeated the Royal Flush and they came out to celebrate with him. Uh, it was sweet, especially with uh, Redrick Mahaba, since he you know he's one of the closest guys in the roster. No, also intimate with him. <laughs> the intimate warrior. <laughs> yeah, so you know, all of these guys celebrated with you, and Redrick Mahaba even had you on his Mahabang Usapan segment yeah. at the last PWR Live. So he was the one who basically uh, pimped you out to everybody <laughs> who, you out. Who, who missed out what on Terminus. Like, yeah. for, you know, there, there was a, a larger crowd at Live compared to Terminus. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm sure some of those people didn't see that moment happen. Right, yeah. so um, live happens, and then by the end of PWR live, you're lying down on your face. The Royal Flush took you down four on one, and you were all alone. So, how did what went through your mind as all of that happened? Because I was pretty pissed for you. Why? I, I was pissed for you because you were beaten up, and uh, that was not fair to you. Well, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Hold, hold on a minute, player. <laughs> hold on. You were pissed for him. But you booked him in a match against the Apocalypse. What the hell? The Apocalypse did earn that match. How? When? Because he won at Terminus. Brian Leo didn't win at Terminus. Okay. Did he? So he won. He won a very tough match. Mask versus hair, all-out war. Mm. That's tough. If we had a power ranking system, which Mark Henry does, by the way, the Apocalypse ranks up there in your top five. So why did you not to prepare? Well, for a match against the fucking apocalypse, well, Ralph. Did, did you not ask for a match at live? Well, I did, and you know. Did you, you not were, ask for a championship defense? But were you expecting yep. the apocalypse? No, I did. See, not. I wasn't expecting anyone. Those <laughs> nobody expects who you know who their challengers are at any given moment. Yeah, anyway. but how can you be pissed? At, you know, for him <laughs> when you booked the monster against him. Well, the monster or the apocalypse against against Ralph was one on one. The Royal Flush against Ralph was four on one. Point. That wasn't fair. Point. So there. So um, so that happens. What's going through your mind after the Royal Flush uh, basically kicked your ass? Well, it was bad. You know, I got my ass kicked. You know, uh-huh. it, was, it was always bad. But um, but at the end of everything, I'm still the PWR champion, the reigning PWR champion. So I guess that's that's all that matters. And you know that uh, that does make sense. You got up on your own two feet. Yep. Um. It, it's just striking to me that all of the guys who were there celebrating with you at the end of Terminus were not there at live when you were uh, being bullied by the Royal Flush. Hmm. Well, I guess they all got their stuff, own stuff going on. I mean, Mahaba has uh, the network going against him. Yeah. Um, well, Mark D. Manalo has John Sebastian. JDL has Main Max. And uh, Bombay has a match. In Malaysia Right, this weekend Yep So you're not taking it Against any of these guys No, not at all That's the heart of a champion Yeah Yep He has to to take it all, man I know, I know So you've got uh, You're you're an asshole, by the way (laughs) The apocalypse, seriously (laughs) So you've you've got a huge match Coming up on the 20th Against classical Brian Leo This is something you know He knows You're all well aware So you can all prepare It's the main event It is the main event So um, you know, How does it feel First of all To be a main eventer Given that last year You were almost Injured And you know, taken out of, of the roster Of the active roster So first How does it feel To be in the main event And second uh, How are you preparing For Brian Leo This time around 
well being a main eventer wasn't something i really expected but uh you know it feels great to be in it you know it feels great to be watched to be the reason why these people are watching you know uh-huh and uh how are you preparing for for classical brian leo are there any are there any weaknesses that you saw last time that you want to take advantage of this time or is there something new up your sleeve that you want to try out on on Brian Lee or on the Royal Flush if they were to get involved Well he's a technical wrestler and I guess I have to keep up with his technical style until I bring him down and then Sonic Crusher 1 2 3 now you're you're a very speedy guy. You yep. like to use your agility against your opponents. We saw what classical Brian Leo did uh, with Redrick Mahaba. He cu- uh, he cut Mahaba down a size mm-hmm. by attacking the legs. Are you afraid that Brian Leo will also go and attack your legs to try to neutralize your speed? We we all know his style. Brian Leo is a is a, is a lot of things, but he's not stupid. I'm pretty sure that he's gonna do something to me, and you know whatever it is, I'm gonna be prepared for it. All right, all right. Uh, before we get too technical into into the discussion, uh, let's talk about something real light first. Uh, last week, PWR went to its first road <laughs> on its first road trip to, of all places, Candelaria Quezon Cheap that, Pop. That's right, <laughs> Cheap Pop. And you were part of that show. Hell, yeah, you, uh, you main were... evented that show, yeah. as, as you should have. So let's talk about the trip. How is it? Being first of all, yeah. yeah. What is it like? There. Yeah. He wasn't able to be there. I wasn't able to be there, Sayang. But uh, how is it like to have, you know, a house show outside Manila for the first time? Uh, how were the fans for that? Well, it was weird because uh, we were given such a short notice. Uh-huh. What do you yeah, mean? Uh, uh, we were told like days before uh, all right, all right. Uh, PWR Live. But, but it's great to be on tour. Well, we were waiting in some place, and then the tour bus came, and that's when everything synced in. Uh, you know, I mean, wow, we're on tour, and you know, you know, I, I got to sit with, you know, with my fellow PWR guys in in a tour bus, and you know, we were just we were just expecting, you know, a lot of stuff. Yeah, like you guys got your own tour bus. You guys got to go be part of a parade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where you guys were throwing out shit to people, right? <laughs> the, really? yeah, the, the motorcade. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you throwing out shirts. What? They were throwing yeah. out shirts and caps and all that <laughs> stuff, right? Yeah. So I, I'm guessing um, this is the first time for a lot of you guys. Yeah, first time for me. Yeah. yeah so um, how is that experience like uh, seeing people wave at you instead of you waving at someone? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> it's, it's got to be it's it's got to be a, a quirky little ex- experience. Yep. Yeah, it was something like that. It was, it was weird and and you know, it was it was crazy too because you know, I, I, I went into that tour knowing that we would wrestle. I didn't know anything about that motorcade thing. <laughs> so when we were told, I was like, "What?" Shepard, <laughs> you don't you don't you don't go to a house show and expect a parade and all yeah, that yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bombay Suarez was particularly uh, excited about it. I don't know why. He was, <laughs> he was like, "Get in the truck, everyone!" <laughs> So he was the one who was uh, rallying the troops. So yeah, yeah, he was. I heard that, speaking of Bombay, I heard that, well, they had a bloody match, as we all know. Yep. But I heard that people were actually screaming and begging for the match to stop. Yeah, people, Is this true? People were concerned for Bombay. He was bleeding all over the place. <laughs> I think uh, Apocalypse did a body slam on yeah. him on the floor. It was really a clean floor. It had yeah. rocks on it. Yeah, what the fuck, man? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Bombay. <laughs> 
Baka matalo pa siya sa Malaysia <laughs> dahil dyan eh. Yeah, but you know, he is uh, he's our equivalent of like the, the king of hardcore, the king yeah. of extreme, right? That dude's crazy. So, uh, compared to say the crowds at MCS or the crowds at I Academy, how different was this crowd in Quezon? If you can describe them. This crowd was really quiet but respectful. Really? So like Japan? Yeah, something like that. They, they, uh, they only react to some stuff. What do you mean? Like like crazy stuff? Yeah. Well, not really crazy okay, stuff. Well. Like athletic, athletic stuff. Oh, okay, like okay. For some reason. Like when Peter Versosa was flipping around, they started cheering him. Uh, people like athletic stuff. <laughs> people like flippy stuff. Yeah, but you people know... People are fucking spot monkeys. <laughs> yeah, but they go really quiet like yeah. between the stuff. Uh, I guess the people who uh, engaged a lot were the kids. Mm. Yeah, you know, they were the ones reacting. Uh, after my match... Uh, everyone was already changing in the bus while right. I was just surrounded by kids who wanted high fives nice, and pictures. Nice, nice, nice. So and it was you know, kind of heartwarming. So you got over. That's great. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. got to feel great. But yeah. so kids are looking up to you. Yeah, yeah you yeah. go into a town which uh, you know, which is seeing wrestling live for the first time, and you don't know how they're gonna react because everyone knows or everyone has an opinion or this preconceived notion about yep. wrestling. So I guess that was great that the Candelaria crowd was really open to you guys, well, yep. to, to PWR in general. Yeah, they, well, they gave us a chance. <laughs> Thank you, Candelaria. So um, I'm I'm hoping that this isn't the last time that PWR goes to Candelaria or any other town outside Metro Manila for that matter. Yeah, I, I'd love to do uh, more tours in the future. You know? And that. I'm sure if it happens, as long as you know you keep... Uh, doing what you're doing, hell, you're the face of PWR right now. So <laughs> yeah. you know you can't not be part of these tours. Speak, yep. Yeah, speaking of uh, face of PWR, uh, we we are seeing a lot of new faces pro- uh, pop up in in the company on the roster. Uh, is there anyone among these new faces that you want to go one on one against in the near future? Uh, probably my dear friend Redrick Mahaba, and. All right. uh, Probably Nintendo. Okay, Nintendo. Oh, no, no, you you two are yeah, hopefully somewhat he, similar. Yeah, hopefully he's all right because you know yeah, Ken, yeah. Ken Warren kind of kind of killed his there. ass. <laughs> yeah. Then again, uh, Ken Warren was surprised to see you at PWR live. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he so. was kind of you know show voting with the belt and everything. He didn't know that I was the current PWR champion. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, for everybody who missed out on Terminus, shame on you. <laughs> Shame on you So uh, with Vendetta being nine days away We're recording this on a Thursday, Feb 11 So with, with Vendetta being a little over a week away uh, Is there something you want to tell classical Brian Leo? Now is your chance I already had a post about this But I'm just going to say it now Yeah, sure, go ahead Yeah, After PWR Vendetta I'm still going to be the PWR champion It doesn't matter what you have it doesn't matter what you have under your sleeve, you know. It doesn't matter what kind of mind games you'll play. I'll overcome all of them with my fighting spirit, and you're going to go down. All right. All right. Strong words. And is there anything you want to tell your fans, the people who've been rallying behind you and supporting you since your debut at <sighs> Vendetta last year? I'd like to thank everyone for the support. I'd like to thank everyone who supported me at uh, PWR Terminus. Well, I would still win the belt without you, but you know it, it's very sweet what you guys uh, do to me. Stay tuned to all future PWR shows because I'm gonna be the champion for a very long time. All right, all okay. right, that's a promise. Yeah, and uh, you know, um, Ralphie Mabayashi is a man with an agenda. 
and uh, we'll make sure to keep our eyes on him. Uh, in, not not just at Vendetta, but in in yeah, our future PWR shows. This year. This year. So it's about to be a big year for the Filipino-Japanese sensation, Rafi Mabayashi, your current PWR champion. Champ, uh, we know you're a busy guy, so we're not going to keep you around much longer. But before you go, since you were affected as well by the Daniel Bryan retirement, and we did talk about our favorite moments, what was your favorite Daniel Bryan match, just so we can wrap this baby up nicely? Well, you know, since everyone already chose, you know, the the common ones, like the WrestleMania XXX, I guess I'm going to have to go with... Uh, the Elimination Chamber, chamber yeah, 20 yeah, yeah. SmackDown Chamber for uh, for twenty twelve twenty twelve yeah, yeah know, when he the defended w- the big gold belt yep that one all right so why that match like is there any moment that stood out or was it the well, story you know, leading up to uh, to that match yeah it was a story I mean you know they made us believe that Santino was gonna win the belt you know but you made the fans believe that someone like Santino Marella could win you know the the top belt for that time SmackDown you know. Then you know you're doing something right. Yeah, you know you're doing something right. I should go watch that right. match again. Yeah, yep. actually. Yeah, that, that was a fun fun match. Fun yeah, moment. credits to Daniel Bryan for being a dick the entire <laughs> match, you know. <laughs> right. I, I, I love that final moment, that final sequence. Yeah. Actually, yeah. It was a, it was a lol Bryan wins moment. Mm. <laughs> all right. Uh, thanks, Ralph. We won't keep you any longer. You have a good night. And uh, all the best to you heading into Vendetta. All right. See you guys. And then that's for us. Uh, that brings us to the end of this week's SGP podcast, episode 99 of the number four T1 ranked <laughs> podcast in the sports and rec the section. First yeah. Month. Well, you know, well, no, I said number 41 ranked. Okay. Fine. Not 41. <laughs> Not least in UK. Anyway, uh, thank you to all the boys and the girls of PWR for always getting behind us and giving us their time and l- a little bit of effort. Here oh, by the way, uh, Vendetta tickets are now available. Uh, at appraisery, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they are still the same price, three fifty, I believe, for, for the regular, for the regular, and then four fifty, I think, four hundred. Uh, I think it's four hundred. Yeah, four hundred for the VIP. Yeah, so uh, just uh, head on over and buy your tickets because they are going out fast. And you might, as usual, you might even be able to catch some of the guys playing at the appraisery. Bahala, yeah, Bahala. you know w- when you decide to go. Uh-oh. Uh we also got to thank all the folks that actually yeah the folks at the appraisery of course you know they're the ones who help us sell the tickets uh, outside of uh, the I Academy where you can also buy your tickets at the gate uh, thank you to the folks at Melo 94.7 as well for always having us and thank you for subscribing for downloading for telling us how we do and uh, shout out for that to all the fans, to all the listeners around the world Menlo Park, California we see you and Hollywood, Florida yeah, we Hollywood, see you Florida um, Saudi Arabia, we see you. Yeah. So to all of you international ba- uh, listeners, Barcelona, thank you. Barcelona, we see you. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to say thanks in Arabic, but namaste. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking fuck! <laughs> you are going to get us. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we're out of here. Uh, thank you so much for listening to episode 99. Episode 100 coming up next week. We got something big planned and we're going to keep it at that. Peace out. World peace and please uh, Arabs don't take him seriously. Namaste is Hindi. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the SJP Podcast. To get more from the voice of the modern Filipino wrestling fan, go to www.smarkhenry.ph